0: Let's refine your beauty IQ with help for the most credible and relevant industry leaders and resources.
1: We'll help uncover the answers to your most commonly asked questions, tie them up with a pretty bow, and serve them up on a silver platter. I'm Annie Thurston, board-certified aesthetics nurse injector.
0: And I'm Jenna Irby, licensed esthetician. Welcome, Welcome to, Charm to Charm School. School. I always say you don't have to peel to
2: get a peel. Totally. You yes. <laughs> yes. don't have to. And I mean it sounds silly, but it's it's so true. I think peels are peel formulations today are so much more of a progressive approach where you're combining so many different types of beneficial acids and antioxidants and things like that that are really treating the overall skin health. Sure. To where you're not having to have a lot of that redness, irritation, downtime, peeling, or flaking. Um, and so it can be this, like you said, lunchtime type of situation and by all means there certainly are more you know stronger acids and more aggressive peels where you do have some downtime but you don't necessarily have to get a peel like that every time in order to see really consistent and awesome results and I think for people to do
0: hey guys on today's episode of charm school we are so excited to have emily rowan here with us she is an esthetician she also works over at pca skin and she is about to drop all the chemical pill knowledge on us today And we are so pumped to go over different types of chemical Mm -hmm. peels, what you can expect as far as downtime, and really how chemical peels can just elevate your anti-aging regimen in general.
1: Yeah, we are huge fans of chemical peels around here. And I think that something we kind of touch on is that, you know, chemical peels do not have to be super, super intense to get a really great result. There's not always a lot of downtime associated with it. Sometimes you might get a little bit of flaking. Sometimes you might get a little bit of peeling. Sometimes you'll have sheet-like peeling. It totally depends on the formulation that we are using on you. Um, And so I think you guys will be really interested in this episode to learn a little bit more about the things that we have to offer. Yeah.
0: And we want to emphasize that you don't have to peel to get a peel. Totally. I think that's a huge common misconception in this industry. And there are some amazing effective peels that cause more of a microscopic peeling to the skin that are still so result-driven, measurable, and can take your skin to that next level. So we are so excited to go over all the different chemical peel treatment options and how you can integrate those into your glow-up regimen. Yeah.
1: And we will also put on our blog where you can find a safe provider in your area to deliver a treatment that is best suited for you and also will give you a very measurable result. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely let's hop into the episode. Hey guys, welcome to charm school. We have a really special episode today. We are here with Emily Rowan, licensed esthetician and the chemical peel queen. She has worked for PCA skin for over eight and a half years. Mm -hmm. And PCA skin truly is one of the leading innovators in chemical peels, which is why we wanted to host Emily here today to debunk some of the myths that you all might have, and to really just set the standard straight of what chemicals peels are and why they can benefit you in your glow-up regimen. So welcome, Emily. Yeah, thank you so yeah. much for having me. This is literally one of my favorite topics, so I'm so excited to be here. Yes, ours Us too. <laughs> I love We're it. Obsessed. We are obsessed. So we want to talk about chemical peels because it is such a quote, easy way for the consumer and the patient these days to take their skincare to the next level. And really that has a lot to do with the formulations that are available nowadays and just the the growth and the transition that chemical pills have made in the past decade, even. So yeah, absolutely. we would love to hear kind of like your thoughts on that and what's, what has allowed a chemical peels to evolve and what are chemical peels even for those that don't know? Yeah. So, I mean, chemical peels, I always kind of try to describe it as
2: sort of like a more targeted, more corrective version of a facial, right? So it doesn't have to be this scary thing where you have to have a lot of downtime and you have mm-hmm. to take time off work and all of that, which I think is a really common misconception. Totally. And so, it's it's something that you know you receive from a f- professional that really helps you to to customize a treatment that's really targeted to your individual skincare concerns. Sure. Whether it be texture concerns or pigment or acne scarring or whatever it might be, there's it, there's literally a peel for everything. It's just finding the right person for you and yeah. and being able to customize that treatment.
1: Yes, I absolutely love peels. I Jenna and I were talking before the episode, and I was saying that if I had to pick one treatment that I could get besides my Botox obviously, <laughs> obviously. Um, as a skincare treatment, I really do think it would be chemical peels because they are so customizable and they are so, you know, you can really measure the results and you don't necessarily have to have a ton of downtime. And there's so many different specific ingredients that can benefit so many different skin types and conditions that, I mean, they're just amazing. Like you get so much of a benefit from having a chemical peel.
2: Yeah. And I think that's another really common misconception is that like, if you have sensitive skin or you, like you can't get a peel and it's just so not true. Mm-hmm. So really with every skin tone, skin type condition, everyone can
0: benefit from a skin chemical peel. That's a really good point. When I have new clients come in, there is a misconception that, oh, my skin is too sensitive for a chemical peel. Um, and if potentially on that first visit, their skin barrier might be really sensitized and therefore we need to strengthen that barrier first. And maybe on that second service, they could do a lighter peel. But generally speaking, most people, if the proper peel is selected, can have a light chemical peel. And what I always tell people is that it's so amazing because these peels, when done and timely, properly introduced, are applied, they really do build exponentially. So if you have one peel today and then in four weeks, come back and get another peel, you know, your skin barrier is becoming stronger, healthier, more resilient, and therefore that in and of itself is helping you age more graceful.
2: Oh, absolutely. And I think one of the cool parts about it too, is that not only is it helping, I mean, it's helping improve your home care regimen, too, because all of your mm-hmm. products are going to work that much better because it's yes. on new, healthy, fresh skin. It's not sitting on top of dry, dull, you Thick, know, dead know, Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So <laughs> it's able to make your home
0: care investment, you know, that much more effective. Absolutely. Yes. If you are 18 years of age and are not pregnant, you need to have chemical <laughs> pills every four weeks. End of story. Seriously. <laughs> Living, breathing, human. Have a peel. Yes. And in my skincare practice with my clients, I often, in their routine four to six week facial treatment, they're often receiving a light chemical peel because my clients that are seeing me are here for that lifestyle piece. They know that it's important that having skincare services is necessary to age as graceful as possible, but they don't want to have downtime, so mm-hmm. they'll come in. Maybe I'll do some dermaplaning with a chemical peel, or we'll do some LED, then a chemical peel. There's so many ways that it's integrated in a very safe way that will still warrant you results. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah. Yeah.
2: And they can be still a very like luxurious, relaxing treatment at the same time too, which I
0: also think is really funny
2: because people think chemical peel, I'm going to be really uncomfortable. I'm in there like in and out, you know, really quickly. I'm just getting a couple of different layers of acid on my face and then I'm working out. And it's just not like that. You can incorporate so many other things with it. Like you mentioned, dermal planing and LED Mm -hmm. um, and all of that. And so it can be a really relaxing and a really luxurious experience. Yeah, Just lunchtime. Like a typical, it doesn't have yeah, to facial. be.
1: And I think it's important to touch on there are different, of course, we'll dive into this more, but different strengths of peels where, sure. yes, sometimes it is a surgical grade peel where you are under anesthesia and you do have four weeks of downtime, but that's not necessarily the norm. And I think now that things are so much more readily available and they are so much more cosmetically elegant These are treatments that are so much more approachable and realistic for people to fit into their regular lifestyle. Like you don't have to have this crazy downtime.
2: Yeah. I always, it sounds kind of counterintuitive, right? But I always say you don't have to peel to get a peel. Totally. You don't have to. And I mean, it sounds silly, but it's, it's so true. I think peels are peel formulations today are so much more of a progressive approach where you're combining so many different types of beneficial acids and antioxidants and things like that, that are really treating the overall skin health Sure. to where you're not having to have a lot of that redness, irritation, downtime peeling or flaking. Um, and so it can be this, like you said, lunchtime type of situation. And by all means, there certainly are more, you know, stronger acids and more aggressive peels where you do have some downtime, but you don't necessarily have to get a peel like that every time in order to see really consistent and right. awesome results. And I think for people to do things preventatively,
1: If you are doing these less aggressive peels more frequently, more often, you may not have to do
0: something that's super, super
1: aggressive. Totally.
0: Most of my clients that come in, like they don't want to go stronger. Yes, I do offer more of that mid-depth peel option. Um, And sometimes it is fun to do those stronger peels where you actually have physical shedding of the skin where you're Mm -hmm. taking your little cuticle scissors and (laughs) trimming off the flaps. Um, But not everybody can do that, nor do they want to do that. So... I always tell people, you know, these peels that you're receiving routinely, they're so effective at you just aging as graceful as possible. Because for me, chemical peels, yes, they treat the fine lines, the texture. But my favorite part about a chemical peel is that they treat the tone and Mm -hmm. the coloring in the skin. And my background being a makeup artist, you know, we place highlights and contours and shadows exactly where we want them to, to the light hits where we want it to have our face be lifted upwards. So when we have pigment in the face and coloration in the face that we don't want, it literally drags our face downward. Mm-hmm. So I love that chemical peels balance out my client's skin tone. And that for me is what makes people look as well rested as possible. Radiant, absolutely. Radiant. It's like, it's that, it's that perfect matching counterpiece to like their injectables with you, right? It's like, if they're coming to get Botox with you to help with the softening of the lines or the filler, um, it's like the literally perfect compliment. It really is. Like I said it, I think I've said it here before. Like if you do injectables
1: without doing some type of skincare, home care regimen, chemical peels, some type of treatment for your skin, it's like making a bed with dirty sheets and it mm-hmm. really just doesn't make sense. And, you know, as much as filler and Botox are so measurable, if you have this perfectly taut lovely skin that is just hard and keratinized and covered in brown spots. It doesn't look as good as it potentially could. So
0: peels are so important. Yes, you have to have them. Have to have them. Um, So in your role, what do you think from like a patient, customer, consumer standpoint, should they be looking for in a provider when like trying to receive or looking to get a chemical peel? What are important factors?
2: I think one of the most important things is finding someone who's really invested their time in getting continued education on peels because sure. it's it's kind of an art, right? It's mm-hmm. just like injectables. You really have to master your craft in that. And so there are so many different People out there that have had, you know, just different uh, ranges of education and things Mm -hmm. like that. And so, you know, one of the things that I love and I've always wanted, you know, always wanted to work for PCA Skin is that that's something that we truly pride ourselves on. We absolutely we certify everyone. Mm -hmm. We put them through additional advanced training and techniques and application and and all of that. And so we really want to make sure that not only are they doing it safely, but how can they maximize the results for their patients? And so no matter what type of training, just make sure they've been through something when you're seeking out a provider, something additional that has is really going to set them
0: apart and make sure that they really know exactly how to treat your skin as an individual. Absolutely. And speaking of that and that customization piece and that safety piece in particular, um, there's something that is super important when your provider is doing a chemical pill or selecting the appropriate chemical pill. And that has to do with your Fitzpatrick can you talk a little bit about that to our listeners? Yeah. So so as professionals, estheticians, physicians, whoever's
2: doing, you know, whoever your provider is doing your chemical peel. There's something that we use called the Fitzpatrick scale, and it basically just helps us to determine not only your skin tone, but also your hereditary background and takes mm-hmm. these different factors into consideration to determine the type
0: of peel that's going to be the most safe and also the most effective for sure, you. Sure. Yeah. So it's generally so myself, for example, I'm a Fitzpatrick one two, maybe if I'm on a lucky day, I'm a white girl. Um, But for me, my skin can tolerate certain levels, certain pHs of acids where somebody with a higher Fitzpatrick cannot tolerate that. So it's really important that when you are getting a chemical peel, that the peel that is selected for you is appropriate for your Fitzpatrick, because if not consequences can occur. Right. Absolutely. There's different
1: types that are more resilient. So somebody that like Jenna could maybe tolerate a more intense peel, maybe even different laser types that are different heat, you know, types. Mm -hmm. There are different Fitzpatrick types that respond to less aggressive um, acids and less intense heat, less intense lasers, and they can still have the same result. But if you were to do something at the same level with the same intensity for two different Fitzpatrick types, you could potentially burn and that could be Mm -hmm. terrible for you.
0: Yeah, I mean, that can consequently um, end up with hypopigmentation or burning of the skin, um, hyperpigmentation, like post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation. So it's just very important that you are going to somebody who knows what chemical pills they're using, understands the Fitzpatrick scale and knows what is going to be a safe option for you specifically. Totally.
1: And if you're not sure, you know, I think it's good to tap into your own resources, ask people that, you know, if they've been somewhere, if they have reviews of somebody they can recommend for you. And if you don't have that, I think any good provider is definitely willing to take that extra step to do a patch test on you. See how you respond to something on a small surface area
0: of your skin before you treat your whole face. And also understanding your own genetics, you know, like, yes, like I, I think I'm a Fitzpatrick one, maybe two, but potentially what if in my genes, I have some Native American in me For or sure. something like that, that you normally when looking, me would never know. Yes. So it's important that in those client consultations that that provider is asking those deep questions to identify what your ethnic background is and what your history is. Yeah, absolutely.
2: If you're getting a chemical pill, you should be filling out a form that gives them Mm -hmm. all of that information, you know, before ever receiving a treatment, you know, really diving, diving deep into those, um, you know, what types of products are you using at home? You know, do you burn easily? Do you, you know, if you fall and scrape your knee, does it take forever for you to, for that scar to heal? There's a lot of different things that go into play. And I, I kind of, I like to relate it back to, like, if you go to get your hair done, they're going to ask you, like, have you ever done box color on your hair? Yeah. And, like, and, you know, There's a lot of things that are really similar with that. So just making sure that you are giving them as much information that they need to to make those selections for you. For sure. People mm-hmm.
1: can be surprising. I remember I've, I had a, a laser patient in the past. She looked, if I wasn't going to do my due diligence and check, like, safety things for her, she was blonde. She had green eyes. And she was part Asian, mm-hmm. you know? And so if I hadn't checked those things, she... Could have burned. Yeah. So, yep. It's definitely important to just tell your provider everything that there is to know about you.
0: <laughs> yes. 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 So we know that peels have come a long way, and it it's no longer the Sex and the City episode mm-hmm. where Samantha is walking around looking crazy, right? <laughs> we don't have to leave a treatment looking like that. Generally speaking, you leave a treatment feeling very glowy, very fresh, beige. We just did a mm-hmm. treatment on you last week and yeah, you fun. were looking fabulous, and um, which is amazing, right? So h- what are your recommendations for people managing the results of their chemical pills? What's the best way to to keep those managed and just... Continue on that glow up journey. Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, I think first and foremost, it's just kind of interesting to see. You know, peels have come a long, long way from a formulation standpoint, from just the different techniques and how they're applied and all of that. And I always kind of try that back to like, you know, like your cell phone when it first came out. Like, it was pretty awesome. It was pretty cool. But if you're still rocking your like Motorola Razor phone, like it's not gonna give you the best. You know, there's a lot better options out now. And so it's the same kind of thing with chemical peels. I mean, it used to. To be like really high percentage straight acid peels, and you had to look a little cray cray for a little while. Mm-hmm. And so now we have you know lots of different blended acid formulations where they're self neutralizing and they can be really comfortable, and you have little to no downtime. And so the most important thing in managing your post care still, you know, even if it's little to no downtime, is making sure you're wearing sunscreen mm-hmm. religiously, yep. non negotiable. Non negotiable. <laughs> I mean, wearing sunscreen every single day, but even more so important after a chemical peel, staying super hydrated and just making sure that you're staying out of the sun um, and just heat in general. So mm-hmm. like even little things that you wouldn't think about, like if you have a blow dryer, like if you have bangs and you're blow drying your, your hair and your forehead, you have a lot of heat on there. And that's something you need to be mindful of. Super hot showers, like hot tubs and things like that. But for the most part, you know, it's just kind of like not working out for like a day or two, yeah. and mm-hmm. staying out of the sun, staying cool, mm-hmm. and and that staying super hydrated and wearing your sunscreen, and that's really the the biggest piece of it. But your provider should be giving you all of these directions. Totally, you know, for your pre care, like what you should be avoiding prior to a chemical peel, yep. and then your post care, exactly what you should be avoiding afterwards, and how to take care of your skin.
0: And Let's give talk you about products. Pre care, really quick. Pre care. I think it is so important. And when a new client comes in that's wanting a chemical peel or maybe even a more advanced chemical peel peel where there will be physical shedding, um, it's so important that that skin is conditioned and prepped and desensitized for that stronger peel option. For example, when I have a new client, I would never, and this is my personal philosophy, I would never go into a mid-depth peel with a brand new client. I don't care who you are, what you've been doing. I need to understand your skin because if I overstimulate you, um, you could have a, a reaction where you break out or you, you know, become highly itchy and sensitized and almost like a dermatitisy type of reaction. So I think it's important that when you are preparing the skin for a chemical pill, you know, you've been on retinol for at least, I would say six to eight weeks, potentially you're doing things to your skin already to condition it, to prepare it for that stronger peel.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, making sure you're on you know great antioxidants and things that are hydrating the skin, making sure that your barrier function is intact, and barrier function basically meaning. I mean, your your skin functions in a way to basically help to keep all the good stuff in and all the bad stuff out. And if you're using products that are not appropriate for your skin type or if you have lifestyle choices or anything that make you more dry and sensitive to different external factors, mm-hmm. the same thing is going to happen with a chemical peel. So yeah. making sure that you're prepped and ready and an ideal candidate to receive that peel and Absolutely. your professional can walk you through exactly what yeah. that means for you
1: individually. I think it just identifies with partnering with a strong professional too, to make sure that you're doing something that's super safe. And I always,
0: I think sometimes people think like stronger, the better, the more it burns, the the better it's going to work. Like, oh, it's doing something. And, you know, I tell people slow and steady wins the race for a lot of people. Absolutely. It's building the barrier up. It's allowing your skin to get through several cell turnover cycles. And in my practice, personally, I feel like when you've done that third service with me it's when the magic starts to happen. Mm-hmm. I feel like that barrier stronger. It's more tolerant to stronger services if and when you choose to even do those. And, um, yeah, I think that that's a really big piece to this, too, is just that the skin is prepped, that you understand that slow and steady can win the race for a lot of people. You don't always have to go guns blazing because that often is counterproductive.
2: Yeah, and I find it so funny. Anytime I've ever talked with about chemical peels with you know, any type of a person who's never received one before or just general public and, and, and not uh, necessarily discussing with a professional, every time I've ever talked with somebody about a chemical peel, it's either... I'm terrified. It sounds so scary. I don't know. I don't want to do it. Or they're like, peel my face off. And it's like yes, never totally. in between. I
0: don't know. I <laughs> like know that that is. that is why I'm here to tell you it, the in-between is where the sweet spot is. I feel it like is. that's where you get like the best anti-aging. It's so true. And it's just, I mean, it's just like anytime you're
2: looking at like a fitness regimen, like if you're going to go into like a hardcore, like, you know, two week <laughs> detox and you're like, you got to go to the gym, girlfriend, you totally. got to do your cardio, you got to eat better. Like there's a lot of, little things that you can do along the way that make a much bigger impact. It might take a little bit longer, but it's a lot more sustainable. Mm-hmm. And you're going to build on those results so much
1: better in the long run. Seriously, they're more sustainable. I think that's huge because sometimes when people try to go guns blazing and do things too aggressively, they can actually slow down their entire process, cause yeah. more hyperpigmentation. Mm-hmm. If something is not well suited for you, listen to your body and don't do it. So mm-hmm. well, just, it's like
0: when somebody comes in maybe for lip injections, they right. come in and they like, you know, want they show things. the Kylie Jenner exactly. It's like, ooh, we got to get you built up to that, right? Totally.
1: It has to be. Things have to be done safely for each patient, respectful of their specific anatomy and who they are. So you just, I think, listening to the professional. Doing things slow and steady definitely will give you the best outcome. And sometimes patience is tough, but like so is having a hot body. You know, you got to work out. (laughs) You got to go to the gym and like eat well for probably at least two or three months before you're going to see something. You can't just have cool sculpting and then go on your beach vacation. It doesn't work like that. No.
2: Yeah. I think it's really important to set that expectation from the very beginning. A lot of people think like, oh, I'm going to go get one chemical peel and my face is going to be, you know, I'm going to look amazing right after that. And most of the time it's a series. So you're getting anywhere between like three to six chemical peels or something like that to really make sure that your I mean, your cell your skin has to turn over. You have to be able to, you know, there has to be some in-between time in between each peel. So mm-hmm. it may take a it couple has of to months heal to peel
0: before it peels. Yeah. <laughs> write that down. So without getting like too nerdy, but I know that you're a kind of a nerd at heart. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, there's, different, comes types, to there's anyway. different blended peels and there's different types of peels. Can you kind of just go high level into what are the types of chemical peels in terms of like ingredients, like lactic acid, glycolic, sure. etc.
2: Yeah. So there's all different kinds of peels out there available. So there's alpha hydroxy acids, there's beta hydroxy acids, or, you know, we like to, you know, an example of an alpha hydroxy acid is lactic acid. Mm -hmm. So lactic acid is typically a a much more hydrating acid. So it's going to be really skin friendly and great for a drier skin type and then you've got salicylic acid, which is a, a beta hydroxy acid, and that's really great for someone who maybe has a more oilier prone skin type and maybe with some acne concerns and things like that. Um, and then we also have glycolics and trichloroacetic acid. There's so many different ones available. And, you know, I always kind of, I put it in perspective, like trichloroacetic acid is one of my favorite ones because it really addresses a lot of different things. And every time we say that you have to drink trichloric yeah. acid. <laughs> TCA. <laughs> TCA. So I always think of TCA, which is really popular when you're looking at um, anti-aging and textural concerns. And mm-hmm. I always think of TCA standing for texture, color, and aging. Yeah. And so it's a really great way to, um, to get some really phenomenal ingredients in there and address multiple concerns, especially if we look at aging. Typically, it's not just fine lines and wrinkles. You've got some, you know, sun damage and some textural right. concerns, maybe some laxity in there. So that's a really great one for that. And then, you know, we talked a little bit about salicylic acid and, and that typically is just so great. It's also really anti-inflammatory too. Mm-hmm. So it can really help with someone who's got inflammation due to, you know, acne and, sure. and, and a lot of that as well. So.
1: Yeah. And there's lots of different strengths too of those acids available. So while there are some non-invasive formulations of TCA, there are also, you know, that's still used very widely in plastic surgery practices yeah. where people do have a huge downtime. So I think just, you know. When you were working at the surgeon, did they ever do those stronger acid TCA's? And- for sure. So, you know, a, a lot of these things were not available, right? Like we're talking about things have come so far. And so for people that might be a little bit older, maybe don't have the patients or maybe just, want to be more of like a one and done and they have a lot of thick keratinized skin that they would like to just they have the downtime to do four weeks off because they're mm-hmm. retired I
0: hey, you know they do that <laughs> exactly
1: you knock yourself out um, but a lot of those peels are they're intense and you do have to be under sedation um, sometimes in some cases some peels you have to actually be hooked up to a heart monitor so that is not what we're talking about yeah, we here. are not talking about these that. are these <laughs> they are, do exist they, they do but they do exist and sometimes those you know could be necessary and they do still use those
0: widely in in plastic surgery for sure. Well, I think too like you know for a while I think lasers kind of were taking precedence precedence over chemical peels like yeah. several years ago, but I think mm-hmm. now like it's kind of been full circle where we're realizing that some of these lighter more non-invasive peels are so effective so it's kind of like they're Coming back, yeah, and they're really (laughs) cost effective too. Yes,
2: and I think that's why you know we're seeing that like resurgence of chemical peels. It's they're really cost effective. There's you know little downtime and all of that. So there's you know there's a myriad of reasons why they've increased in popularity. But I also think as you know as estheticians, it's like the biggest tool in their tool belt that they can use to really maximize results and without having to break the bank
0: yeah and i think in upcoming um, episodes we are going to dive more into laser because there is definitely a time and place for laser i sure. feel like um you know there's ipl bbl that really target the discoloration the reds and the browns in the skin um but there's to your, full ablative I yeah mean, there's
1: two there's surgical things there's, there's so many lasers
0: which IPL. can be very confusing for the consumer And we want to kind of set that straight. But as far as chemical pills go, I feel like they they can be as effective as an IPL sometimes. And when do you think that that needs to be a conversation with the provider and the client? Like, when is a chemical pill potentially still a better fit for you than an IPL? Well, you know, I think there's a couple different scenarios, but more
2: often than not, I'm seeing them used in combination. So yeah. I see a lot of providers well, they're, you know, suggesting maybe you do three chemical peels before you do an IPL. So you're really helping to break up that pigment. You're helping to bring it to the surface. Mm-hmm. And then that way your IPL is like, you know, the last, the last yeah. step in it. And then maybe you do another really light, you know, chemical peel, like two weeks after your IPL to really go in and sweep anything yeah, that's left. Right. So there's so many different ways that you can use them in combination. But one perfect example, you know, right off the top of my head is if someone has melasma, you know, that can really depending. There's, you know, some new fancy lasers out there that definitely, you know, you can do it. But most of the time using a laser and creating that heat stimulation mm-hmm. in the skin can actually make your melasma so much worse. Yes. And so chemical peels are a much safer option Absolutely. in that scenario.
1: Yeah. I think hyperpigmentation and melasma are oftentimes interchangeable and people mm-hmm. don't are confused on those two. So that's Again, and that which goes back. We to could get into but slow and steady wins the race. Yeah, but I on think peels are kind of a little bit more approachable when it comes to different skin types and conditions that can tolerate them, whereas lasers can be a little bit more sensitive as far as who can safely tolerate them.
0: Yeah, and I love your point about kind of um, doing different types of services and kind of like having them partner and work together. Yeah. I love that. Like, I will have somebody come in and I'll say, "Let's do." a chemical peel on you the next two treatments. And then maybe on that third one, let's do a abrasion service because that's going to kind of reset your skin, dislodge all the impurities. And then, hey, your chemical peel is going to work better the next couple of times you see me too because it can get where it needs to go. So I think that I'm a huge fan of... collaborating different types of services. I love doing that.
2: Absolutely. I mean, that combination therapy is where you're going to... I mean, you get microneedling, chemical peels, injectables, you know, all in a room together, and you're going to see some really pretty faces. <laughs> like what totally. exactly, It takes a village, it, people. It, it, it takes really village. does.
1: <laughs> Would you guys be able to speak a little bit to the consumer as far as, you know, Jenna what, how much do you usually charge for a chemical peel? Like what is the average
0: range that somebody might expect? I know that that can kind of vary depending on the intensity of yeah, the peel, but I think that really varies depending upon the area that you're living, the demand, the provider, um, the provider, the resources involved. I mean, I think that I mean, maybe you'd be a better person to answer this question. Cause I feel like I'm kind of like mid to upper pricing. Mm-hmm. Um, But I feel like we all kind of should be at this average standard because we talk about this, how people undercharge for things. But that's a different rabbit hole. That's a different rabbit hole. (laughs) We're not going to go down that. Um, I mean, I I don't know. I think some of these like lighter peels, I mean, at minimum, in my opinion, they they should be around a hundred. And that's like at the absolute totally. minimum. What do you think? <laughs> yeah. I think that's really consistent. And especially, you
2: know, when you look about different demographics and different yeah. just areas, I mean, if you're in a really big city, it's going to cost a little bit more and things sure. like that. Um, you know, if you're in a physician's office and maybe a little bit more, if you're doing some of those really, you know, higher percentage peels and things like
0: that, that it is going to demand a, a higher price point. So I would say starting around that. Yeah. That starting. And then sure. if you're, you know, going to then integrate dermaplaning and and other options such as LED, or maybe we're going to do a peel with um, even abrasion. I mean, there's uh, lots of ways we can, you know, intermingle these services. It's going to be, I would say, between a hundred to three hundred dollars a service. Yeah, especially if you're incorporating other
2: modalities, mm-hmm. and right. yeah,
1: which, which yeah. really is very, I mean, approachable, right? I, From I a agree. consumer standpoint, because a lot of people will spend one hundred and fifty dollars to go to a spa. And get a facial. And while that is amazing and it's relaxing, and sometimes that's exactly what you need, a lot of times I think people think, well, I get regular facials. Are you incorporating really active modalities that can give you correction? So these are very.
0: And they're also coming in for their quarterly, you know, neurotoxin appointments. Totally. And they're spending, you know, $600 at least, I would say, right? Mm -hmm. And in my opinion, if you're getting your facial services once every four weeks, you should be probably spending, I would say about $200 a month on your actual skincare treatments with your esthetician or skincare provider. Totally. It makes sense if you compare it to what they're spending on in injectables every quarter, every four months. Totally.
1: Right? Bajan just whispered okay. over to me just for hey, us Baj. to speak on modalities. I guess we're talking a little too yeah. esthetician <laughs> language here, What's but that? different yes. modalities are basically <laughs> different types of services you could have. So you could think of a different modality as being... Laser, chemical peel, dermabrasion, dermaplaning, LED.
0: It's like integrating other things into your service to enhance the chemical peel, basically. Totally. Yeah.
2: Yep. All the different tools in your tool belt. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Tons of tools. Got a lot of tools. Yes. 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 One of the things I did want to talk about too is just the difference of chemical peels that you'll get from a provider versus like you're at home. Yes. Let's yes. talk about that the counter. Um, because I Ugh. think a lot of people think that they're the same and they're really just not. Yes. Please so, talk about please. this. Please. please <laughs> Lord. Well, there's, there's a, from a formulation standpoint, there's a lot of differences and it's typically, while it might say a certain percentage of acid or something like that on there, a lot of the time there's a lot of different buffering ingredients and things like that in there. And, without getting a little too sciency and nerdy, like the pH is different. And so it reacts very differently in your skin. And so it's always your at home type of peels where it's not necessarily required to be, you know, done and performed by a licensed provider. They're going to be less quote unquote active in the skin. Mm -hmm. And so you're going to get so much more benefit by going to a provider that really has the knowledge base to customize that treatment for you using those blended acids at yep. the right percentages at the right pH and all of that to make sure that yep. it's really going to give you the results. They really
1: can't like open the floodgates apples to, apples. to, you know, the, uh, the public's for safety reasons to put these really strong things out and available for anybody to use at home. And I think another thing, you know, just kind of reflect on is that you shouldn't be using something so strong every single day at your house. Ugh. It's not going to work. Right. So that's right. why I leave it to the professionals. And, you know,
0: yeah. well, and on that point, too, let's say it were apple to apples. Let's say you could get the same damn thing that I'm getting from my professional. Right. I will tell you it. You still don't get the same results. Like I will sometimes just like cleanse my skin, do a light peel on myself. And yeah, it'll be amazing. And, and I'll love it. But if I have Danny, my Esty bestie, do it on me, mm-hmm. I it takes my experience and my results to a different level because yes. I'm sitting there for 50 minutes. She's cleansing me. I'm getting steamed. I'm getting an enzyme. I am forcibly having to lay there with an LED over my face. And then, you know, she's massaging in different serums. Mm-hmm. Like it's just a different experience, which will create an entirely different result. Totally. So I think um, it's all, all about the mangles, you know, like people
1: can hit certain things that you cannot hit yourself which is why you as an injector don't totally. want to inject and yourself problem. exactly yep and that's why you shouldn't be using micro uh, needling devices at home oh, and yes. dermal cleaning yourself either but that's a side note that's another side <laughs> story
0: which yeah exactly so as a professional yeah i have access to professional products And I still like having a professional do them to me. For sure. Mm -hmm. So as a consumer, this should be no different. Yes. Yeah.
2: And I think, I mean, there's nothing wrong with those, you know, over the counter at home type of peels. If you're just using it for like a light exfoliation at home, like you're going to get some benefit out of it. I'm not saying they're bad, but it's just not apples to apples. And I think it's so important just to kind of make sure that it's
0: you level set a little bit. Well, and to that point, people don't use these what could potentially be nice treatments to do at home properly I mean I've seen this time and time again they're using a 10% glycolic toner every day and they're wondering why their skin is like peeling off and like so dehydrated so you know you might have access to okay products and that's fine but in my experience they're often used improperly and that's when that sensitized skin barrier develops, and that's when that degenerative, rapid aging starts to take place. So mm-hmm. it's just so important that you are seeing a professional for your professional chemical peels um, that can also guide you on a home care regimen that makes sense and that is safe and that's going to give you those long-term graceful aging results.
1: For sure. Because sometimes overstripping the skin too can actually cause you to start breaking out and then people think they need even more things at home and it just gets worse and worse and worse. So
0: domino effect. Over
1: drying is not good for your skin. Over exfoliating is not good.
0: (laughs) That is actually, in my opinion, one of my favorite things about chemical pills is that they provide moisture balance. Totally. Mm -hmm. What's your favorite part about chemical pills? You know, I think the versatility of them is probably Mm -hmm. my favorite thing, but because of
2: the fact that, you know, you can get so many different benefits out of one treatment is, is probably the best part about to Like I mentioned, you know, trichloroacetic acid has, you know, all those different, drink. but I, you know, I think, you know, you can change the, the texture of the skin. You can help with laxity concerns. You can help with overall, I mean, old acne scarring. Mm-hmm. You can help with, um, you know, melasma, hyperpigmentation. There's just overall glow radiance to the skin. There's so many different benefits to it. And it's just, it's such a great way to integrate something into your skincare routine. Again, that's more cost-effective, but it is, you know, going to help to prevent you from having to get like a facelift later in life. You totally. can do yeah. a lot more progressive things now, instead of having to, you
0: know, have more drastic measures later on in life. You mentioned glow and radiance, which let's get real ladies, you know, JLo's not looking like JLo because she's not. She's sitting around and doing nothing. And just genetics, people. And, and she's <laughs> gorgeous. and am not making any claims, but yeah. I promise you, that is not Trust genetics me, only. That girlfriend is getting chemical pills on the regular. Mm. I mean, it just, it is what it is. So all these celebrities that have that youthful glow, yes, they eat well, they diet, they exercise, they have a healthy lifestyle, but they are working on their skin. And a part of healthy lifestyle is working on your skin. Exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. So- um, you know, it, it takes work like anything, but it's something that if you want your skin to be healthy and to age as graceful as possible, it's something that you really mm-hmm. have to invest in. And
1: your skin is the largest organ in your body. So you better take care of it. Yes. What's <laughs> you your favorite part of a chemical face. pill? <laughs> What'd you say? What's
0: your favorite part of a chemical pill?
1: Uh, honestly, I think that kind of like Emily, it gives you such a dewy, radiy, like radiated glowy, um, just overall appearance to your skin. But I think Mm -hmm. it's so cool how approachable chemical peels Mm -hmm. are because so many different conditions can benefit from it. So many people can do it without the downtime. So many people can do it, go back to work. And then also they're affordable. So, yeah. I love it.
0: We love chemical peels around here. (laughs) We're kind of into them. Um, We're into them. Kind of into them. On that note, should we do some uh, rapid fire questions regarding chemical pills, maybe. Okay. I have a question for you. Okay. What is your favorite service to receive?
2: Ooh. Um, so I I think I'm a little bit spoiled (laughs) just because I've been able to have so many SD besties along, along the way, um, and been able to experience so many different types of treatments. But I think one of my favorite things on the planet is dermaplaning and a light chemical totally oh it my is God. like a life changing <laughs> it's like you are now a mermaid mm-hmm. bye yeah. go off into <laughs> that and I, I did that before my wedding and you know just like a really awesome deep cleaning and, and everything and it was I like I just felt like a goddess on my on my wedding day. And I feel like every woman should feel that way. Totally. And it doesn't just have to be your wedding day. But yep. it just, every single day. I mean, I do I do a like, chemical peel on myself almost every single month. Mm-hmm. And it's something that's... And dermal planning. So it's kind of something that's just a part of my routine. Yep. Same. But it's... But now like you can't live without it, I right? Yeah, can't. No. <laughs> can't happen. It's definitely not an option. I it's, think
1: it would be cool to kind of touch on how the process is after a chemical peel because I feel like a lot of people imagine that they get a peel done and then they leave and they're bright red but that's not really the case usually yeah. it's kind of you're a little pinky for a couple of days you might feel a little warm and then actually day one after the peel I feel like you look pretty damn look good because everything is very taut <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm not saying do it before a big event that's not what I'm saying but I will say you will like how you look the day after and then you kind of start to
0: flake and peel potentially and if later. you do those like the stronger ones yeah, yeah and I think it's
2: it, you know, the flaking usually starts, you know, maybe by like the end of day two, potentially day three. Mm-hmm. And so, like Annie said, like for, you know, you know, most of the time you walk out of the treatment room and you're just super glowy, you might have a little bit of pink in the skin, um, but you're really nice and glowy. And then when, you know, the next day you're super tight and mm-hmm. all, your skin just looks amazing. And then again, maybe just a little bit pink if you're doing, you know, a little bit more of a... um an aggressive, well, I don't want to say aggressive, but like a lot
0: more of an elevated light peel. We're boosting it a little bit.
2: And then typically you'll start to have some flaking by the end of day two, potentially day three. And then it's, it's really more, I say downtime, but it's social downtime. It's not that you're having, it's not that you're uncomfortable. It's not that you're in pain or you don't look crazy. You might just have, you might be a little bit dry and flaky. And then, you know, depending on the type of peel that you received, you might be flaky and, and peely for a couple of days. And then that's
0: pretty much it. You're back to
2: normal unless it and- is
0: a mid-depth peel. I don't want people to get confused here because when we right. do more than mid-depth peels, some people definitely might be uncomfortable in being out in public in social scenarios.
2: Yeah. So let's let's kind of just take a step back. So if you're doing like a superficial chemical peel where you're doing a really light peel, you on average might have quote unquote social downtime and really you know light flaking and peeling for maybe three potentially five days. If you're doing more of a, a stronger chemical peel and you're wanting to see more of that visible exfoliation, you might have that peeling period for a week or so. Mm-hmm. And and it's all just having that conversation with your provider on what your expectations are. Do you want to peel? Do you not want to peel? And then to a certain degree, they should be able to tell you the type of experience that you're gonna have
0: afterwards. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you have a rapid fire question? Totally. Okay. okay.
1: What is your favorite, if you can aesthetic injectable treatment that you've
2: ever received mm. if you want to speak to that well I've only ever had Botox
1: oh well so oh.
2: I can't I'm not really you perfect little peach over oh. here <laughs> it's because she has so many peels exactly <laughs> <laughs> but I it's not that I wouldn't I just I haven't like explored it but I feel like I've definitely done I've done microneedling, I've done dermaplaning, I've done, you know, I've tried IPL, like there's there's so many different great things out there. Um, but fillers is just one I haven't done yet. But so well, I we'll guess that's a good that, question
1: then. And a little segue, do you have any questions about different injectables that you think may be common questions that other people might benefit from hearing an answer to?
2: You know, a common question that I get all the time is when you're receiving chemical peels. How far in between do you need to wait? Like if you had filler, getting a chemical peel afterwards or before, Botox, any of, you know, just that timeline, what does that look like? So honestly,
1: I would say just to be super, super safe, wait, Two weeks before and wait two weeks after. Mm-hmm. It doesn't necessarily mean every single service needs to wait that long. And honestly, I know some people, times people will do Botox the next day and it's not the end of the world. But I think just to have that time for your skin to kind of heal, um, it's beneficial. Now, I will say with surgical grade peels and stronger peels, there's actually a lot of surgeons who, prior to those types of peels and lasers, they actually prefer you to get a neuromodulator two weeks or a week before your service, because it actually puts less tension on the skin. And so it can help you speed in a more rapid rate, which is kind of cool. That's awesome. Mm -hmm.
0: So again, everybody's scenario is different. Totally. So hence going to the provider that asks all the questions and knows what's going on. Yeah. I
1: think it just depends on which service that you're having. But if you want to be super safe, two weeks, usually before and after is good.
0: So what was on your playlist coming here? Were you like jamming out to like Fifty Cent, or what were you doing?
2: <laughs> um, you know, I was jamming out to some Billie Eilish. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like kind of obsessed with her. I think it's because like my kids are obsessed with her, but I don't yeah. know. I just hear it all the time, and it's I just good vibes. I think she's adorable.
1: What Instagram accounts do you like to follow? Mm, there's so many, like celeb status, I would
0: say. Mm. Who's giving you feels?
2: You know who I've just been obsessed with is um, Lauren Lane or Lauren Bushnell. Me too. And I got to meet her, and I just adored her. Her and her mom She's came in so for treatments. She actually uses PCA products. Cutie. Um, and she sees a she sees an esthetician, um, in. Nashville and so she was here because you know Chris was performing here in Phoenix and so uh, she came in and got a treatment and I got to do you know treatments on her and her mom and she's just a gem but she's super funny and she's so cute and they're adorable together and her skin is gorgeous by the way
0: (laughs) she's so pretty I love it what um nail polish color do you usually get bubble bath oh Oh, I saw I love love that color
1: I love it it's just classic clean I do that every time. Something nude and neutral and boring, yeah. but I just can't. Yeah, very. I just can't. I think you and I are
2: kind of the same. And
1: mm-hmm. I
2: also like don't have to try to match it with anything, which no. is really great. For me.
1: <laughs> Helps when the grow out process starts it, to happen. You know, yeah.
2: there's a there's a whole, the whole slew of there's
1: reasons. a rhyme to the reason. Yep,
0: You get it any more questions for this babe I don't think so thank you so much for joining us girl we appreciate you you debunking debunking some of these myths and the common misconceptions and um, who's ready for a chemical peel because I would love one right now seriously (laughs) let's go back to the dream room and do one because I am here for it thank you so much Emily (laughs) we appreciate your knowledge your time and class is out of session is that the right word dismissed class is dismissed (laughs) (laughs) thanks for tuning into that last episode Make sure to stay connected with us. Go to wherever you download your favorite podcast to subscribe to Charm School and be the first to know when our newest episode is released. You can also connect with us on Instagram at Charm School Podcast. In addition, you can check out our personal
1: Instagram accounts at Nurse Annabelle and at Esthetician Jenna. Also, peep our blog at charmschoolpodcast.com. Hashtag welcome Welcome to Charm School.